Welcome to the District Football Podcast. My name is Juan Herrera and I'm your host. And uh, this week we're back after a long offseason for uh, both the podcast and DC United. Here with me this week are two guests. If you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hey, yeah, uh, this is DCU underscore soccer. Um, back again. I mean, yeah, like you said, it's been a kind of long offseason, but, you know, I'm glad to be back. And I'm formerly Daniel of DC, and now I'm Daniel of SD. Moved back to South Dakota, but, uh, you know, still very much part of the DC United community and, you know, really excited about this season. So I'm ready to chop it up. Yeah, and and, uh, we're not too far from the start of the regular season, as uh, we were talking uh, before recording. um, Preseason starts to start pretty soon, so we'll get into that. But, um... Yeah, man. I mean, it's been a couple of months since we last recorded and a couple of months since uh, DC United last played. And uh, I just thought it would be a good time for us to, you know, get a podcast going, an episode going and uh, really just recap everything in this episode that we've, um, you know, it's just been going on during the offseason for DC. And um, what a better place to start than uh, the recent news of DC United uh, finalizing the acquisition, uh, you know, the deal for uh, Edison Flores. So, um, yeah, so they picked him up. On a permanent transfer from uh, Liga Mekki side, uh, Monarcas Morelia, and um, it's just being, you know, it's 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 the big signing for DC this offseason. It's been uh, probably the most marquee signing of the offseason for them. And uh, for people who aren't familiar, uh, Flores uh, has spent the last uh, couple of seasons in Mexico, where um, he's been arguably uh his team's best player you know he scored 12 goals six assists 47 appearances the tally uh doesn't seem that high for how many games he played but um the way i view him as a player i think what he contributes to the team is beyond even assists and goals and um yeah he's also been a prominent figure for peru's national team where he's made 40 um seven appearances as well 13 goals and three assists there and um According to Pablo Mar of The Athletic, it was a $5 million transfer fee for a five-year deal at around $2 million a year. Um, you know, just early thoughts, guys, and what you uh, make of the signing. Curious to hear what you guys have to say. So I want to start out by saying um, this is going to be a boon on a lot of sides, I think. Uh, one for DC United, uh, what we're seeing is uh, them definitely going for the talented uh, Latin Americans that that you know the fans have been screaming for you know for a, a few years now uh, and and the thing I think this is going to really help out is Ola Kamara because down at Malarca uh, uh, he paired up with Fernando Aristagueta uh, who formerly played for Philadelphia. And they combined uh, both their tallies, um, 13 of Monarchus, uh, uh, 31 goals. So what, you, what, what this could possibly turn out to be is, is a great um, kind of partnership, you know, with him linking up with Kamara. And possibly, you know, he's had some experience, you know, as, as sort of a center forward. And so, you know, maybe he'll have some, you know, daring notions to kind of move into the box, you know, or, or maybe drift in when the ball's on the other side of the field and, and maybe really find some cutting attacks for us and, and possibly net a few goals for us along the way. So I'm really excited to see how, how this works out for DC's attack. Yeah, I'm definitely pretty excited about it. I mean, I, I think um, I've seen him a couple times uh, for Peru. I haven't seen him specifically uh, playing uh, in Legal MX, um, but yeah, I mean, it seems like a huge signing. It it was our record uh, transfer fee uh, for highest ever paid, right? So, um, and I think honestly, it it seems like we might have gotten kind of a deal on that for for five million, uh, considering how you know the Peruvian population uh, in DC is pretty large. So, um, I think we're already kind of seeing a lot of uh, people with renewed interest around the the district. Um, I think even just looking on Twitter uh, after the signing was officially announced, I think they gained, you know, like 2000 followers, uh, which might not all obviously be directly there, but uh, in, in, in D.C., but still like 
um, seemed like a pretty big deal. I know a lot of uh, outlets in Peru co covered this uh, relatively, I guess, not positive or negative, but neutrally. And I think people are kind of excited for it. And um, I think the biggest thing that I gained from that is how well respected this player is um, in Peru. I saw a lot of uh, nice stuff uh, surrounding him and, and kind of wishing him good luck and stuff. So, you know, uh, I think that's a pretty good sign. Um, and yeah, I think some of the stuff that came out from the DCU uh, social team around him and, and the announcement and the videos and the interview was really cool, even just like the fact uh, that those things existed and they were so well done, um, but also kind of the stuff that he was saying, right? Like uh, if you if you watched the interview that they did, he, he was talking a lot about like, you know, got to integrate with the team, got to be a team player, what matters to the team. And that's kind of who you want. You, you don't necessarily want, you know, a, a a superstar. So I'm actually pretty excited about this beyond the the obvious uh, kind of things about talent and stuff. Right. And uh, I think some of the gripes for some of the fans here was the price tag. A guy who obviously, you know, he's not a household name like uh, a Luka Modric or a Wayne Rooney that we've seen float around. But um. Certainly, I mean, he's a capable player. You can see from the reaction from the, his fans in Mexico that were furious that he went from Liga MX to MLS. And uh, a lot of people in the Peru side even were saying that the guy has enough talent to play in Europe. And he has played in Europe in the past. But certainly, um, I mean, it's kind of you have to feel good as a DC United fan feeling that you stole uh, a player of this quality away from a bigger team. And um, I think that people are maybe a little too... Um, tied up with the goals and, and assists, just looking at stats and not really realizing the the quality on the field sometimes goes beyond that in things you can't necessarily put in a, in a stat sheet. And, um, I mean, you guys brought it up. I mean, uh, the area, a lot of um, a large Peruvian population, and certainly mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't hurt to tap into that kind of market to get more fans in the seats, more people watching games. Uh, building a, a strong uh, you know, tie with the community in the area is another thing that that probably benefits as well, and I think they've you know DC United knows what they how they want to market the signing, and I think they've done really well with it. I mean, like you can you mention it the the, uh, the numbers up in followers and all the interactions now with the Latin American fan bases and all that, and I think that this is a good signing on more than just um you know on the pitch, but and uh, off the pitch yeah. uh, definitely for the Peruvian chicken places uh, that was oh, that yeah. was the second argument that rose up uh, you know. Beyond, you know, Flores, you know, oh, what's he doing going to MLS is, well, what's the best Peruvian chicken place in D.C.? And why did D.C. United uh, take him to this place instead of this place? So that I thought that was hilarious. I loved it. Right. No, it's awesome. Even uh, uh, Bill Hamid chimed in and all the other guys are chiming in. So it's it's great. I mean, it's been um, it's been a good time, you know, just being involved in all that. But um, any other thoughts on the signing, guys? Um, nothing specifically, but I mean, I think I'm, I'm definitely really excited to see him and, and, you know, the, the front four of him, Ariola, Assad and Kamara, it's kind of like, you know, pick your poison, right? So that's, that's an, an extra level of it for me. Yeah. And, and we have offloaded Rooney and we, uh, lost Acosta. Uh, so I, I think that benefits to a degree, uh, towards the end of the season, you saw, uh, a certain mental and emotional strain uh, coming over over the team uh, between those two. Uh, Acosta not really showing up mentally for the games, not producing the spark that he had had in 2018, uh, and, and Rooney just kind of checking out. Uh, you know, once the Darby County deal uh, went through, uh, you saw kind of a change in him. So now you've got, yeah, that front four is going to be hitting on all cylinders, and, and I'm really excited to see what happens. But it comes down to Kamara. Uh, he didn't necessarily impress too much when he saw action last season, uh, but with, with all the support that he has, uh, he's, he's really got an opportunity to shine now. Right, and... Um... You know, I, I with with Kamara, you know, I think it's going to help to have a full off season of training and actually preparing for the season to to get him in the in the shape because we kind of rushed him out there. Mm -hmm. 
you know, getting, you know, him coming from China and not really playing as much as he could. And um, I think, yeah, I mean, we'll get into it in a bit later in the podcast, but um, certainly there's uh, a lot of expectations for those guys. But um, moving on, more transfer news. Uh, Loudoun United FC, of course, have signed forward Eric Sorga on a permanent transfer from FC Flora Tallinn. Hope I'm saying that right. Um, a team from the first division in Estonia. So for people who may not know, I mean, I can't blame people for not watching the league. I'm not certain how big the reach is. But um, the guy has been a, to say the least, a, a monster in the league. I mean, he scored 78 goals and nine assists, picked up nine assists in 91 appearances for the club across all competitions. He's only 20 years old, which is a crazy thing, and uh, already has six caps with the Estonian national team. He won the league in Team Golden Boot after scoring 31 goals in the, in the uh, 2019 season. Um, won league titles in 2017, 2019. I mean, the guy has dominated the Estonian league. And certainly he comes here with um, a lot of potential. Uh, he'll be joining uh, Loudon early on from what it looks like. And uh, from what I've read, his salary won't count against DC United's salary cap. Um, according to Stephen Goff of the Washington Post, the team paid a transfer fee of about $500,000, which in comparison to other international signings that we've seen, not that much. Um, no word on his exact salary, but Goff heard it could probably be in the range of 150000 to 200000 which is not out of the, you know, out of this world in comparison to like some of the other guys in the league. But um, I think this is a really interesting pickup. I mean, it's a guy from a largely, uh, you know, unknown league in the U.S., but a guy who's certainly dominated at, at that level. And, um, you know, what, what do you guys think of this pickup? Not just an unknown league, but how many people in the United States could even point out Estonia on the map. Uh, it's it's wild. And I was listening to the filibuster podcast uh, earlier, and uh, they, you know, they, they have made a good point. What does the top flight of Estonia mean? You know, what's what's the proper comparison there? You know, right. here in the U.S., could you be saying, you know, is it comparable to the USL, or is it more comparable to like the Patriot Conference and NCAA? Yeah, you know, it's so uh, weird, but. You know, one thing, this guy scored a prolific number of goals, and he's only 20 years old. Uh, if anything, this front office, uh, I really ragged on them last season, but the moves they've made uh, have have kind of started to restore a bit of faith uh, in, in or my faith in them. So I'm, I'm really excited about this. Uh, it's a great investment, I think. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty excited about it too. I think I uh, I might be a little a little concerned maybe for this year seeing too much out of him, right? But um, I think uh, personally, I think he might see more time in USL than people might think, uh, depending on I think other moves that we may or may not make with potentially a third backup striker. I'm not sure, but um, I think you know the the Estonian league is is very small, right? I think. I looked it up on the day, and I think like the the total, you know, quote unquote, uh, market value of all of all the players on transfer market was around the size of uh, League Two in in England, um, which is not necessarily indicative of of too much. Um, can kind of give you a, you know, roundabout uh, leveling there. But um, I'm pretty excited about it. I mean, I think he's so young, and um, and and that right. I think that's exciting. Yep. Um, tons of potential to develop and you know yeah he does have that knack for goal and I think that's hard no matter what level you're at honestly right so um but yeah I thought Estonia is kind of a cool country too right I I almost actually went to to study there um when I was in college uh for like a special computer security degree and there's a lot of cool stuff about about the country I did a lot of research about it you know they have one of the most technologically advanced countries in the world um and some some really cool stuff where, you know, they have um, a lot of a lot of uh, animals actually in Estonia are extinct in other parts of Europe. So there's a lot a lot of cool stuff about Estonia and how they run their society uh, that could be interesting to people. But but yeah, right. And um, yeah, I think Dan, you made a good uh, a point there. I think that this signing is really forward thinking and um, looking towards the long term. I think if they can. I think, you know, looking at it, it's hard to tell what the Estonian League transfers or means in 
terms of level. But certainly if he's doing these kinds of numbers in that league, you could say he's above it. I was just on social media searching his name. A lot of people were saying we United picked up the best player in the league for uh, such a low price. But certainly, um, I mean, 20 years old, you got to wonder, uh, you know, what you know kind of potential he has. And certainly um, he'll start out the season with Loudon, who are going to, uh, you know, they they have a pretty thin roster, so he's going to be a big help. And, you know, at mm-hmm. some point he'll be joining the first team. So um, we could only hope he, you know, has a great, you know, a couple of games with Loudon, and then it ends up, you know, becoming uh, where he needs to be for D.C. So we'll have to wait and see. But, um, yeah, any other thoughts, guys? That's pretty much it. You know, this is so left field. Like, this, this is just one of the most bizarre things I, I've seen happen, uh, particularly with a, a signing. Uh, maybe the last, like, kind of wild, like, left field signing they had was, like, uh, Bronco Boscovich back, you know, in, in 2011 and 2012. And I forget where he came, but he came from some uh, obscure country. Played yeah. for PSG, but that dude was a set-piece wizard. Uh, but, you know, on the older end of things, but, you know, hey, respect to whoever made that pickup. That's that's incredible. You got to wonder how they even go about finding players like this. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, where do you even start to scout players uh, in countries like this? But um, I mean, if it turns out being a great signing, well, you know, credit to the scouts for that. But um, yeah, guys, I mean, if that's if that's it, we can move forward. Well, you know, and, and oh, uh, it was briefly mentioned, but the return of Yamil Assad is is very big for this club. Uh, having a central attacking midfielder like him, uh, I think is just going to create so many opportunities. And, you know, moving on, we'll probably talk a bit about, you know, sort of the defensive side of things. Uh, but the way I'm seeing this front four, uh, you know, I think if, they're putting up like three or four goals a game, you know, why not? You know, we'll just see, you know, we'll just outscore everyone. See, see if that whole plan of attack works. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Certainly uh, got to figure out how they're going to line them up in the first place, you know, having all these players, mm-hmm. but um, let's uh, move on to some of the players that uh, I've just been poking around seeing transfer rumors, of course, uh, not too long ago, we saw the team was trying to pick up uh, forward Brian Lozano of Santos Laguna and Liga Mekis, a player mm-hmm. considered to, to be, uh, you know, among the best in the league. However, uh, it just didn't work out. You know, the transfer fee was said to be too high for D.C., not enough that, um, you know, too high that they were willing to spend that much money. And uh, just to put, a, you know, an end to the, to the uh, rumor there, uh, he re-signed with Santos a few days ago until 2022, I think. So certainly... Um, I think it would have been a you know a really good pickup for DC, but uh, you know they just didn't think it was worth the kind of salary, the kind of transfer fee as well. So that just didn't end up happening. And um, you have to wonder if only they had made the deal to sell Acosta, then then the Lozano uh, deal could could possibly be a reality, and we'd be picking up Lozano and Flores. Uh, in, in this season, that would be absolutely nuts for this team. Uh, so you know that that's that that's a little bit of that you know pain that's that's coming with us is that that thought of of what could have been with that. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I I I don't know. I think when I when I started seeing the Lozano rumors, I I was pretty skeptical, right? I I I had read rumors about how high other like you know I think. Cruz Azul had 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 given an offer for over ten million. I think there was a rumor about a twelve million dollar one, and it it, it just seemed so far fetched. Uh, so I kind of honestly, I mean, I think I kind of just tuned tuned that one out a little bit. But I mean, yeah, there, there's always that thought of if we had that extra, even if, I don't even remember how much Acosta was, but even a couple million there might have made a difference. Um, but honestly, I'm I'm kind of thinking about it. You know, first of all, I mean. The fact that it was too big, uh, their 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 counter offer was was too large for us means we made an offer, and so I'm guessing it was probably you know reported as at least five to seven million, which means we do have five to seven million dollars that we are willing to spend, right? Which I think is positive, an extra one on top of the one we just spent, uh, mm-hmm. which is positive. But also, I mean, you know, dropping fifteen ten to fifteen million dollars on one piece. 
that's a that's a large risk, especially when we're not as uh, you know rich, I guess, as as some other clubs where that's not as big of a part of their uh, their, their total pocketbook. But I mean, I think even spending that, even if it was say seven million dollars, spending that on you know one one more five million dollar, and then maybe a you know TAM level. T- I don't know. You know, uh, it seems like it might be a, a better use of the the money, right? Uh, in my opinion, uh, than potentially a uh, another superstar, uh, which which comes with big risk physically and uh, mentally. I guess as we saw with Rooney. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I think for a team like DC, um, th- this willingness to spend is really encouraging if you're a fan. But certainly, um, you know, I, I I think we we saw that the issue last season was depth. And throwing too many, too much money at just you know these pieces, like singular pieces. Exactly. And and um, you know, thinking just long term, I, I don't think that's sustainable for us for the team. Really, mm-hmm. you want to get the most you can out of the money you have left to spend. And yeah, you mentioned it, Ken. Those like five million to spend is pretty good. You know, you can really fill out the rest of the roster. But I, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't think the team is done spending. Certainly, I think they're going to probably get another piece or two uh maybe after the bargaining agreement but certainly uh, i mean it's it's encouraging to see a, a a team like dc who you know have been criticized for not wanting to spend in the past have really you know kind of shunned that aside this offseason but um so speaking of those extra pieces you know an extra bit of speculation that arose this week was the uruguayan uh international gaston silva uh he popped up as a potential uh, you know, uh, defensive move for for DC United. Uh, now, Goff had gone on Twitter and said there was there was nothing to that rumor. But you know, it, it, would you say there's a possibility that that's a sort of move that that maybe DC is playing close to the chess? You know, where they you know don't necessarily want want you know that t- type of sniffing going around, and they can you know pick him up. Uh, you know, that's a sort of my wonder on the on that sort of thing. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, specifically him seems unlikely. I think for a couple of different reasons. Um, also, I think he he might be someone who who I'm not sure, but seems would would cost a decent amount. But I think along those lines, right? Like if if you look at it now with those top four uh, players that we mentioned, but also um, their backups are. Uh, who I guess Segura, uh, Boateng, um, those are serviceable, right? Like Segura scored what six goals last season. I mean, it's he gets a lot of crap, honestly, but you know he he is serviceable. He can score goals. Yeah. He can give assists, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have that depth. Boateng a little less proven, but but has proven in other places that he can play, right? So I think our our uh, our weakness right now is. You know, I, I thought last season might be the, the last with Brilliant at the beginning of last season, but he was amazing. Uh, and so, I mean, it, it's just another year, though, where, where age might come into play. Um, we have Pines, but, you know, la- last season we ended up having to do a, a back three at certain points because of depth. And so only having three center backs seems like an issue because Jalen Robinson, I think, got waived or, or whatever. Um, but also, yeah, that, that right fullback, um, we have Fisher, uh, and Chris, but you know, they haven't really played much in the last year, uh, Fisher, none. And so getting, getting that back line, just a little bit, a little bit more depth or, or maybe one starter in there might, 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 you know, make or break, uh, uh, the team, you know? Yeah. And, and it would have surprised me if they ended up going after a defender as the last, uh, you know, the last piece that they spend a significant amount of money on. Certainly, um, I mean, you make a good point. Uh, you have to wonder if we're going to, if DC is going to end up going with the same back line they had last season. If they're even going to line up with four in a bag is a question as well. And you got to wonder where they're going to play Knauss. Um So yeah. I think, no, I think that's a fair, a fair, uh, you know, comment that uh, maybe they will go after a defender. And certainly I, I think at center back, you could use another center back. You could definitely use another left back or right back. Now that um, that we lost uh, one of the players who went back to Hara. Argentina. Yeah, Hara. Hara yeah. escaped yep. me. Um, but uh, yeah, so Hara's gone, and then you mentioned Jalen Robinson's gone, and certainly yeah, you have Fisher back, but we don't know where he's going to be at. We don't know where Chris is going to be at because he just stopped playing towards the end of the season in terms of time. 
Um, so I but the good think, thing. Oh, yeah. sorry. Oh, you keep going. Oh, but the good thing was the news about Joseph Mora and him picking up his green card. And uh, for for the most part, seems very dedicated to DC United. Uh, you know, one picking up that card and uh, definitely sort of signals that he's intent on staying in MLS. Uh, but two, you know, he he said he uh, has had a wonderful experience uh, moving his family to DC, uh, and so it makes you wonder, you know, is is he in for the long haul? And uh, you know, he you know, thanks to DC United, he was able to make his uh, international debut for Costa Rica, and you know, do you, you know, is, is that someone who's going to be with us for quite some time? And boy, uh, yeah, you you have to you know think you know he'll he'll be uh, an integral part of this team and, and especially on that thin defense. Yeah, definitely. I think, I, I think Mora is, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if you all remember, but last year, the last time we were actually really consistently good was uh, the minutes before he broke his jaw, which uh, was scary, obviously, and looked really bad, but that was the last time we were like consistently playing well. Right. Um, It all went downhill. (laughs) Yeah. And both, I think Mora got free smoothies for for the for the year, but but the rest of us just got a bunch of losses. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's a critical part. Um, and and yeah, he's he's international for Costa Rica. Uh, he he plays an interesting position there, and more in the the midfield, uh, which which is interesting. But yeah, uh, I I think he's really solid. Right, and um. Of course, well, I mean we can get to the depth later, but uh, the last kind of rumor that we saw during the off season was uh, <laughs> Luka Modric. Of course, uh, you know the, even the one percent possibility there was entertaining to me. I mean it's an obvious long shot, and uh, even uh, I think it was Goff who was saying that we could, we shouldn't count on it anytime soon. But um, certainly, I mean you you like to entertain these things. Last year it was uh, Ozil, and now this year we uh, it's 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 Modric. So. We're gonna have uh, our big European target every year, so we'll see uh, what happens there. I'm not having uh, high expectations for that. I don't think his contract ends until 2021, so we'll, it won't be anytime soon if we ever end up happening making that deal happen. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, any other any other uh, thoughts on the rumors or any anything that I might have missed? Well, no, I think the the Luca rumor um, in a much more dramatic fashion. Did I? dismiss that one versus the Zano <laughs> one, right? Like, Luka Modric is one of the best players in the world, you know, like, uh, still, right? And, and so yeah. I, it, <laughs> the, the way that it kind of came out with the, like, oh, yeah, he may be this summer, like, yeah, did, probably not, right? Like, <laughs> um, but, yeah, and, and then it came out also that, that the – that the MLS talks were more for uh, longer term, and also that there were a couple teams linked, right? So I think there was Atlanta United was one of them um, and another one. But, yeah, I think that one, uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't hold my breath for, for that, to be honest. Now, I, one of the questions that I have, and, and this is kind of getting tangential to D.C. United, but, uh, you know, the other big story was Chicharito uh, signing for LA Galaxy. Uh, what what does what does my or my question is? You know, maybe there is a lot of bias with us, but who's going to you know have the bigger impact uh, on on their respective squad? Is it going to be Flores with DC United? Is it going to be Chicharito with uh, LA? And two, you know, uh, who you know when you're talking about like the uh, Latinx community, you know, between those those two teams, uh, you know, who who's going to garner, you know, or ultimately garner the the more more success, you know, with that community, you know, that that tends to watch more Liga MX than uh, MLS. Uh, I I mean, in terms of on, I think both on the field and off the field, I think Chicharito's got that to be honest, um, especially off the field, right? I think. Chicharito is someone who is going to fill up every single stadium in MLS, I think. Uh, maybe not like Minnesota, but but um, I think I think that's going to be I don't I, that might be arguably the largest the largest signing uh, in MLS history, right? Um, yeah, expe- especially 
yeah, like so I, I think that and 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 a really, really, really good player, right? So like mm-hmm. not 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 so much re- recently there I, I I'm not I don't follow uh, as much, but uh, there's been some inconsistent playing times, but I mean he play he's playing in in La Liga, which is extremely hard to <laughs> play in, right? But mm-hmm. I think there might be injury stuff too, but I, I don't know. but you know, I mean that he he's a great player. I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to make the same impact that Zlatan did for LA um, in terms of, I mean, they're also two different types of players, right? Like Zlatan's very physically imposing. Uh, Chicharito is, is not so much that. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think, you know, Chicharito is going to be, if, if it happens, or it seems like there might be some uh, w- weird stuff happening as of today where it might not go across the line, but that would probably be oh, one wow. of the biggest deals uh ever in terms of players or, or maybe otherwise in in the league history and, but you know it's the fact that you know uh gosh it, up until recently you know uh, chicharito seemed very much against ever stepping foot in mls you know so that's where i kind of ask is you know if, you know if that deal does go through is it something he's going to take seriously as you know being kind of an ambassador for the league or is this Eventually, or essentially, his you know retirement uh, years coming in here, and you know how how is he going to really sort of elevate the game here? And that's ultimately sort of what I was kind of going for with that question. You know, you know between those two players, very high profile uh, signings. Um, you know, ultimately, who's gonna, you know, which club is gonna benefit the most? Uh, from them, and, and I'm very curious to see how that shakes out. You know, if the Chicharito deal goes through. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I think Chicharito is such in a tier of his own. I mean, uh, in terms of just the the hype that it will create, and then then you also have to look at that. Uh, you know, the Vela Chicharito uh, mm-hmm. El Trafico, like that's yeah. going to be absolutely ridiculous. Prices are going to skyrocket. Like that's <laughs> yeah. just going to be absolutely like next level there's going to be f- four times the people watching that on tv that there were um even last year i think like it's it's kind of it's kind of hard to i think it's hard to oversell it because i think it's such a big big deal right like yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i think with a team like the galaxy uh they're hungry to get another guy to be their you know their star after losing slots on and the kind mm-hmm. of impact he had was certainly um, in terms of that question about impact, it has to be Chicharito. I mean, and he has to be the one to, to do it because I mean, the galaxy there, the, the reason they fall in short is because they don't have a well-balanced roster. They always um, invest. They're always top heavy to put it, to, you know, to simplify it. And if they end up getting Chicharito, he's going to have to be their source of goals because I mean, this team, the galaxy kind of mask all their problems in roster depth with a big name. And, I mean, it, it helped them get to the playoffs last year, and they didn't really do anything with it. But, um, I mean, I think it'll be a major pickup, not 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 only just on the field, but off the field. But Flores, I think it helps to, to not be that kind of a big star in terms of pressure because, I mean, sure, he's a big pickup for, uh, for D.C. United, but he's not going to have to carry the brunt of scoring goals. In, in comparison to like a guy like Chicharito would, in terms of that team, and the you know the Galaxy don't have a lot of talent, honestly. In comparison, mm-hmm. in, in terms of like spread out, in, in terms of the talent being spread out, I don't think they have the kind of balance that a team like DC United has. I mean, we we would have Ariola who can score goals, Kamara, uh, hopefully Assad if he's in the right form, and then Flores. And I just think the Galaxy lost a lot of pieces in the offseason that helped them be as good as they were, and now they're even worse. So I think in terms of impact, is going to be the bigger one, but it's going to be because he has to be for his team. But Flores, I think it's good to have a signing like this. He's not going to have to worry about you know being the only goal scorer on the team, and I think he fits really well. So I I hope they end up I hope LA gets ends up getting Chicharito, and I hope uh, Flores ends up doing well with uh, DC. But um, any other thoughts on the, on that, guys? Yeah, the I guess the other thing that might go back to Daniel's point is, and and again, I don't follow uh, uh, you know a, a lot of Mexican players or or the national team too much, right? But I guess I'm curious why Chicharito wouldn't want to go back to like uh, Guadalajara in Mexico 
um, or anything like that. And maybe there's a good reason. I, but um, and maybe it's the LA Galaxy are willing to pay him a lot because of the the off-field impact it would have. But I guess that's kind of something that I I wonder about it. Um, I really do also hope that he comes to the league because that will just be so cool. I think. No, I mean we'll have to wait and see. I really don't know what uh, changes his mind on that. But certainly, I mean, uh, getting an offer with a lot of zeros behind it certainly might help that, uh, you know, that thought process. But um, let's move on, guys, and uh, take a look at the roster for D.C. as we head into the season. Um, You know, as it stands now, there are 20 players on a team. This doesn't include Sorga, who will start the season off with Loudon. Um, And uh, I'll just go over the roster. I mean, uh, the only forward right now is Ola Kamara. And in terms of the midfielders, we have 10 midfielders. On the roster, uh, Paul Ariola, Yamil Assad, Emmanuel Boateng, Russell Canales, Edison Flores, Felipe Martins, Junior Moreno, Moses Neiman, Ulises Segura, Griffin Yao. And uh, defenders, there are six on the roster, Stephen Birnbaum, Frederick Briant, O'Neill Fisher, Joseph Mora, Chris Adouliatsem, Donovan Pines. And then in, with uh, goalkeepers, uh, the three from last season are back, Earl Edwards Jr., Bill Hamid, and Chris Seitz. So... 20 guys on the roster right now. You could imagine, you know, they're, they're going to add a couple guys maybe from the Loudon side and also maybe one or two more players, maybe from, from uh, transfers. But, um, I mean, what sticks out to me, obviously, is the lack of uh, strikers on the roster and maybe the, the defense being a little thin. Uh, I mean, you got to wonder without Rodriguez, Rooney, Acosta, where the goals are going to come from. So um, what are your guys' is, uh, you know, thoughts on the roster and uh, what we could expect heading into the season yeah I mean I I honestly um you're putting a little damper on me but but I kind of feel really <laughs> positive about it like I was thinking about it earlier before before we were recording and I was like I was like thinking I'm like I feel actually better at this point uh this season than I did uh last season uh the preseason before the season obviously uh and, and I guess I, I don't necessarily know why, um, but I think having uh, all the, you know, like we, we talked about before, the, the Rooney, the Acosta stuff kind of uh, uh, done. We knew Rooney was going to be, well, we thought Rooney was going to be great. Um, but, I mean, there were questions about, you know, could he play all the games and all that. But uh, there was the Acosta transfer stuff going on, um, and, and, and we didn't know how we would react. I kind of felt relatively pessimistic about it i think so now we have you know the kind of representative uh or represented by the kind of like the social media rebrand that dc is doing and i think there's a lot of cultural stuff changing inside the organization at least from the outside you can kind of see it right like a signing like flores kind of harks back to to a to a different era of dc united um back when you know even you know this is bad comparison maybe but but the the Echeverry days, right? Like th- those kind of glory days, where where we have that kind of player and that kind of mindset um, versus you know last year the the European types uh, big star and and the decade before that kind of the the malaise of having no money and no players. So I, I feel really positive about it. I think you know again I think Assad has to be in good form, like you mentioned. I'm kind of worried about that, but. Um, we have Segura there, and and I think he's serviceable uh, in, in a pretty a pretty good way until Yamil kind of gets his form back. But I mean, I think we're looking really, really good. Like a couple more signings, a backup striker, maybe maybe two defenders. And honestly, I'm I'm given this offseason, uh, you know, a B plus to an A at, uh, and I think pretty easily, right? Like I I feel really, really positive about it. For sure. Uh, you know, it, it, I think what we're seeing is a different approach uh, with DC United uh, having Loudon U- uh, United as their, you know, definitely kind of like the the farm team that that will you know allow players to develop, and then um, DC can really sort of focus on on building their roster, and then anyone you know coming across you know you know a young kid or something or a draft. Uh, pick can you know find an opportunity to shine uh, in Virginia. So you know it, it's it's interesting, especially with the Sorga pick. Like man, that's just wild. Uh, I think we're seeing a front office that is looking 
at at opportunities to build for the future and and to make some sensible pickups that will uh, build the roster in a more balanced style. Yeah, definitely uh, having having this really solid uh, midfield depth. Uh, you you know I think I think uh, Olsen is going to have some opportunities to you know fit players at different positions. You know we'll see we'll see how he keeps on doing with uh, Knaus, uh You know uh, in a defensive role if if that's how he chooses to go. You know they, I think that's where a lot of the depth is there. You know, the only thing that really uh, scares me to death is Brian and Burnbaum. Uh, if one of them goes down, um, yeah, you know, our, our, our central uh, or our center back core uh, diminish, diminishes quite a bit at that point, um, just because those two guys are, are so good and there's been such a good relationship built between them. Uh, again, it's it's very much you know I'm very spotty about the defensive end of things, um, but when you're talking about that midfield, it's stacked, and you know I see I see the team building um, a a really strong future, and and so I I, I share that with you, uh, Ken. That that uh, I, I feel more optimistic. I don't know. I'm not so. Uh, you know, into it, I'm going to say, oh, DC is getting the, the cup this year, but I'm seeing a strong future, you know, where in the next couple of years, you know, we could definitely have those solid realizations. Yeah. And I think the the one other thing that uh, beyond having Boateng and, and um, Segura there, we also have uh, Griffin Yao, right? Like someone who mm-hmm. uh, put in some, some good games, right? Uh, young guy, still still a couple years off from probably being able to to be a uh, consistent, consistent guy in the MLS, but someone who we could put in there uh, who's exciting. And and we also have Moses Nyman, who, who signed a first uh, team contract, I think, end of last season, uh, and who, who was uh, pretty good in, in Loudoun and, and just in general, right? So, I mean, these are guys to be excited about. Uh, and, and you bringing up Loudoun really reminded me of that and and there's some other some other good talent on that team that um has either signed with us uh the first team or is on that pathway and i think ryan martin specifically the the coach of loudon has done a really really good job with that squad and and managing all of that uh been very impressive to me the games i watch them play they've they've done really well they uh make adjustments (laughs) They they play a lot of young players, so I'm excited about about that too, right? Like, and and those guys are starting to get to the point where we could start seeing you know Griffin Yao play five to ten games uh, this season, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, I didn't mean to sound negative when I was starting out. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, um, yeah. I mean, when, just on paper, you have to wonder uh, with just one forward. Um, assuming Sorga comes in later. Uh, there's still definitely a lot of moves to be made, and certainly that could fill out the roster even more. And um, uh, Dan, you mentioned it, of course. Um, Moreno and Segura have also have uh, received their, uh, you know, their green card, the permanent residency, and will no, they they no longer count as international players. And with that, yep. um, you know, you have to think, you know, could more international moves be on the way? Could more players be coming in? Uh, each team is given eight slots to pick up international players, and United is only using three at the moment. Those being Flores, Kamara, and Assad. So, and assuming Sorga would occupy one when he uh, joins the team later on, I mean, there's a lot of you know just hints here that you know the team isn't done making moves, and certainly they're building towards um, being a sustainable team moving forward and not just a team that has to rebuild every couple of years. And certainly, I mean, you guys make good points. I mean, the midfield is arguably better than it was last year in terms of uh, what we're seeing on paper, and certainly having these guys from Loudon. Uh, like Neiman, like Segura, like uh, Yao, um, even, uh, you know, P- Pines on defense. And um, I'd been seeing that uh, reports that uh, United is also planning to sign the Kevin Paredes, a 16-year-old academy player, to a homegrown deal. So he could also be a factor in the midfield uh, when, once he gets signed. So I think, no, I mean, everything that that's needed for a good core is there. I just think um, with a few more signings, they'll be at that level where they can really, you know, look like a, a legit contender. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, looking at it, it's it's uh, well balanced um, in the midfield, and uh, a lot of those guys are versatile too. Like you mentioned, Dan. I mean, we don't know where Kenton House is going to line up. Um, a guy like Assad could be played as a winger. Um, you got to wonder where they're going to use uh, Flores because with Peru, he lines up more centrally, but with uh, with Morelia, he was more of a winger. So mm-hmm. I mean, there's it's a lot for uh, Olsen to figure out, but I think it's in it's good to have an excess of riches. I think it's 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 never bad to have a lot of good options. So I mean, I'm I, you know I'm excited. I I didn't mean to sound like a, a Debbie Downer at the beginning, um, but certainly I mean it's it's a lot of positive things, and I really like the direction uh, you know the team's going. But uh, any other thoughts, guys? Yeah, I, I definitely share the the we we probably need another striker. I think um, I have no idea about you know the front office's financial situation in terms of like where our allocation money has been spent or anything like that. Um, it's really hard to keep track of those things, <laughs> obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but one guy who I think uh, would be cool for him to come back, and I, and I'm sure this won't happen because it, I don't think things ended too well. But Darren Maddox uh, from a year ago, a year and a half, whatever. Yeah, um, a guy yeah. who went to Cincinnati got in the expansion draft didn't really play too much. Uh, didn't really do, you know. I don't think they got well. That team was terrible for first of all. Um, but they've made some some bigger signings this season, and I don't think he's going to be, you know, their their number one. And so, I mean, if if you're looking at it right, like why would you want to be the the second or third guy in? Uh, you know, uh, Cincinnati, uh, terrible team. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, probably getting oh, no, better. But you're right. but but like you know, it, it's you know versus DC with 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 guys who who uh, you know, you know, it's starting to get to the point where <laughs> I think uh, uh, almost a majority of our team is international players, uh, right? Like not literally, but we're getting to the point where we have a lot of experience and a lot of really good players you you, you can play with and. He was really good. I mean, I, I, he he's not quite the the, you know, number one striker. I, I mean, obviously, as as we found out, but but he right. he's good for for a goal late in the game. Uh, no, I, would, I, so I I agree, Ken. I mean, before Rooney was here, he was the leading scorer for DC, and um, once he once Rooney came in, he just didn't have the same amount of playing time. But certainly, um, I mean, if you you mentioned it not ending in the best terms, but I'm I'm sure he's a player who's wanting to go somewhere away from Cincinnati, and I can't blame anyone for wanting to escape uh, what's going on there. I mean, the team is not run well. Um, it's terrible this season. I don't see them getting any better. So, I mean, I don't think it's that much of a stretch to assume he could be a player we would want to bring back. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's I, I don't think the front office is done. So we're just going to have to keep an eye out on that. But, uh, Dan, did you have any thoughts? Um. No, I mean, I've, I've pretty much said, you know, what I've wanted to say. Uh, I, I, this is a team building for the future. Like I said, I'm not, you know, very much on it saying like, oh, we're going to, you know, win the cup this season, but, you know, very excited for the future. And I think it's all uh, going to come together for this team. Feeling really good. And uh, in terms of strikers, another name I saw just kind of floating around was Bobby Wood, former, uh, uh, you know, was once a staple for the U.S. national team has kind of fallen off because of injuries and other things in Germany. Um, yeah. A kind of player that I think with the fresh start could really, you know, turn things around. I mean, he's not that old. And uh, I'm assuming that coming to here to MLS, it wouldn't be that much of an expensive signing. But just one of the names I saw floating around. I mean, I think it could be interesting because certainly um, with, with this, the way the front office is going, I don't think they're ruling out any sort of a source for another player so i mean we'll just have to wait and see but um yeah guys is that let's move on to uh dan you mentioned at the start of the podcast uh dc is pretty much starting off the preseason next week and um you know it's going to be our first look at what the team looks like and what kind of um you know indications of formations what kind of form Mm -hmm. players are in uh january 28th is the first game of the preseason they're going to be in florida playing against the Montreal Impact at 11.30 a.m. Eastern time. So pretty early game uh, during the middle of the week. But um, it's first look at DC United, so certainly that's going to be... Uh, I'm sure a lot of fans are going to tune into that. 
then a couple days uh, after in that week, February 1st, they're playing the Red Bulls at 11.30 a.m., which is another early game. And then I believe a week from then, uh, five days, February 6th, they play Louisville City FC, which is a, an interesting preseason matchup against a USL side. That's at 4 p.m. Eastern time. And then uh, on the 15th, they play Orlando City at the University of South Florida Stadium. Uh, no time yet on that one. And then four days later, they play Nashville SC, which uh, should be an interesting uh, matchup there at 6 p.m. Eastern time against uh, a team that's going to be entering their first ever uh, season in the league. So, uh, I mean, they're going to it's going to be interesting to see what they look like as they try to, um, you know, lay the groundwork for that franchise. And then on the 22nd, the last preseason match will be against the uh, Union at 7 p.m. Of course, the Union and United, uh, not not the best history between the two teams. But um, yeah, I mean, just thoughts on the preseason. Did you guys think it was kind of weird having the Red Bulls as an opponent in the preseason? You guys think it might take away a little bit from the rivalry or or anything at all i'm just curious what do you guys think uh yeah it is weird i mean yeah i saw that i i, I kind of did a you know like a double take but um i think you know a month after that game no one will even remember it was played so um unless something crazy crazy happens so i don't know uh, i think it's probably actually probably uh one of the best possible preseason games we could play Mm-hmm. Um, because it's probably going to be there's that rivalry there. I mean, it's not as intense as it was, but usually in those preseason games, you don't get as much of the like you know the roughness, the the grit, um, and so that could add even if it's like ten or fifteen percent, a little more to prepare them uh, for the season. So that I think it could be actually a a, a good thing. I'm in agreement with that. Uh, I, I don't think it takes away from it. Again, like you said, uh, I think. Once season starts, you know that that game pretty much exits everyone's mind, uh, and then and then we see the the real action. What I really like about it is that yeah, you know you want you, I kind of want to see you know how that rivalry or or how they sort of line up against each other, and you know can uh, you know mentioning the grit will that be present in that game, and you know for the newcomers, you know will they get kind of a, a taste of what that's like, uh, you know, on a certain scale uh be before the season starts uh yeah and then you know i think i think you know with a game that doesn't really count for anything you know you get you get some opportunities for olsen to to try some new things and you know maybe this is a this is a great you know sort of opportunity to really play with that midfield and and see where people best fit you know will it be you know better to have flores in the center or on the wing, or, you know, we'll be better having Assad on the wing, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that all, you know, all the machinations work together. Uh, yeah, I, I feel really good about it, especially with the younger uh, kids coming in. Um, Yao and Neiman and, and those guys, like, I think, uh, really excited to just see how everything turns out with this team. Yeah, I think it's, it's an interesting place to be in for this team in terms of a rebuild. Um, you, you know, you lose Rooney and Acosta, and, and in a way, I think that kind of helps change the team in terms of playing mm-hmm. style. You don't have to rely on those guys as much. There's a lot less, you know, there's a lot less of that kind of linear mindset where we have to use these guys to win. Um, and also, uh, you with um, them not being on the team anymore, you kind of remove the baggage that they that they had. Um, the kind of uh, off-field chatter, you know, Rooney not being committed, Acosta fans saying that he, uh, you know, just people criticizing Acosta for not not playing as well as he had last season. So you kind of just get rid of all that clean slate, and I think that's great for the team, the mindset. Um, even uh, you know, Ken, you mentioned uh, social media; they seem to be entirely different too, a whole different um, approach to things. And I think it's a uh, you know kind of a new leaf for United, and really, I, I'm excited for what's forward what's coming up so i think preseason is the, the really the the earliest look at that and what we can expect and um it's going to be uh i think really interesting for sure all, all these games so i'll gonna i'm gonna try to tune in but i'm gonna have to work through some of them so hopefully uh hopefully we can stream these online which is was uh i don't know if it was an issue last season but there was certainly some uh with the friendlies that they weren't being streamed but, yeah um, the uh the preseason games i think 
there was the Suncoast Invitational. We 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 had been doing. We don't we're not in it this year. I don't think. But uh, those games were streamed, and then the other ones we did were not. Um, so I'm I'm curious to see how that works out this year because of the fact that we're not in that tournament, quote-unquote tournament. Um, so I'm not sure right. who would even be streaming them. Uh, we don't really even have... Well, yeah, Flo's gone. So now we have yeah. to wonder how they're going to uh, move forward with that. I mean, they streamed... Uh, United streamed the last... The, the playoff game, didn't they? I'm not yeah, themselves, thinking. yeah. Yeah, themselves. So you have to... Yeah, I mean, where are they heading in terms of that is also another question. Uh, who's going to be... Uh, streaming uh you know service provider do you, th- do you right. guys think it's concerning that it, uh, we're this close to the season and not there hasn't really been a partnership announced yet or anything uh i i wouldn't say i'm not too concerned about it i think um uh, i think it'll be announced uh not soon um i think it'll be announced in a few weeks to be honest i think even closer i mean wa- well watch them do it tomorrow because <laughs> i said yeah. that but right for all we uh, know <laughs> Uh, but what I, I mean, I think like, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, what we had before flow relatively. And I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, again, I'm glad flow is gone. I think, I think DC took, took some, some medicine in the last year, year and a half, um, kind of learning a lesson on a couple things. And I think the flow experiment was a massive one that did damn massive damage to their brand that they are trying to do uh trying to recover from to to be honest uh kind of look, looking at how they're operating again like the social media stuff kind of actually taking some advice from people who uh want you know a lot of the the fans ideas for stuff so uh it's nice to see i hope i hope we see uh, this new this new front office this new culture continue yeah i mean Certainly, <laughs> can you really be worse than Flow? I mean, honestly, yeah. the quality with uh, DC doing their own stream was better than what we'd honestly seen with Flow the entire year. And so, um, yeah, I mean, of course, we've seen kind of rumblings about a deal, you know, being in the works. People like, uh, you know, companies like NBC Sports and other uh, outlets. So, I mean, I'm sure we'll hear about something soon. And certainly, uh, if I were an organization like DC, I'd want to have that ready to go before the start of the season. So um, I feel I feel like it's just a matter of time, but certainly, um, yeah. I mean, in terms of preseason, it should be interesting. A uh, couple more bits of news on February fifth: DC United and uh, every other team in the league will be uh, officially unveiling their kits for the twenty nineteen. I mean, twenty twenty season. Uh, they tweeted out a teaser image not too long ago. Uh, interesting look. Um, the logo looked interesting. Um, seems like they're really going heavy. Oh, the league as a whole is really going heavy on kind of uh, celebrating the the 25th, I believe, year of the league and kind of honoring that kind of history with um, retro-inspired kits. We've seen leaks of other um, teams' jerseys and kind of the template that they'll be using. But uh, it'll be interesting to get the first official look. And then the regular season uh, kicks off next month, February 29th, against the Rapids at home. So that should be... Uh, a fun, you know, interesting game. So, yeah, I mean, that's any any thoughts on these things, guys, or any other thoughts in general on DC? The, uh, I mean, just uh, not to take it back too much, but I think one thing that's going to be really important with the TV deal, uh, I think, is getting getting the ability to to get back in in a lot of the bars that that we had lost with Flow, um, and a lot of viewing areas and stuff like that to kind of uh, build that community back up because. That was one of the one of the bigger problems with Flow is that it was unusable from multiple TVs and bars. It you know requires internet access, which you know bars are not necessarily you know right. uh, internet cafes, right? So exactly, um, you know, building that community up uh, is is important, incredibly. And there were those issues even with like official partner bars where they couldn't get the games on, which is yep, exactly. I mean, yeah. I, I, it's, it's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. To, to have that kind of um issue and so um i think it i mean i would love for them to be on tv but even getting something better like even on like espn's uh the, the plus app is be- better than flow and certainly um i mean we can go on for flow for the entire an entire podcast but certainly uh I, I assume whatever they're going to do is not going to be worse than what uh this season last season was 
But uh, Dan, did you have any other thoughts? I'm curious what other signings come come out of this because uh, it was it was announced yesterday they signed uh, Body Armor as the official sports drink of DC United. Uh, I you know maybe you know for for all we know we could hear a streaming partner tomorrow. Uh, you never I, I don't know it was just just this team seems to be doing a lot of different things and and like I said last year I harped on the front office so much. Uh, you know, with with just that awful deal with with Flow FC, that's the last I will mention that name. But uh, you know, gosh, it just felt so weird about that whole situation. And uh, now, you know, I'm you know with the signings of the players, I'm feeling really good, and it's it's very strange. Um, I I hope this means that we get into a level where we are going to have consistent years. Because it's been in the past few years, D.C. will have a great season. And then they're going to have an awful season. It's this constant flux of peaks and valleys from year to year. So if we get, you know, a a sense of stability at this point, um, I'm going to be much more uh, high on this team than anything. Yeah, I think the the safe standing stuff is is also uh, pretty significant, right? Like people have been wanting that. Um, mm-hmm. I think if you've ever been to Audi Field, I think you, you you know why people really want that. I mean, it can be extremely dangerous, especially in those, uh, I don't know, <laughs> feels like a dozen rainy games, right? Like, yeah, uh, I could slip right off. Uh, when I was there, uh, one of the times people, someone actually did fall uh, and have to be um, stretchered out. So, yeah, that's like the uh, issue you know, with uh, those bleacher seats. Yeah, so I think that's a really big deal. Um, along with, they could probably do some safety stuff with everything, right? But but um, that and then the Hall of Tradition, that's kind of cool. Uh, I forget exactly where they're putting that. But, I mean, again, that's something that the fans have been asking for. And now they are doing it. And I think um, we're pro- we probably have, uh, you know, one of the, the largest histories in, in MLS, top two or three, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, so yep. if not one, to be honest, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's awesome. Yeah. I, I think it's a strange time where the organization is actually listening to the fan base and uh, it's, it's a welcome change in, uh, in DC for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, that's all I have guys, unless there's anything else. Lastly, happy trails to RFK stadium. Oh uh, my God. The yeah. lead in asbestos problem uh force force everyone to vacate uh you know feel really good about that you know we all you know whatever future disease we're gonna have uh mesothelioma or or cancer or whatever is gonna hit us all uh in the future you know we we can thank rfk for that but that was such a wonderful uh atmosphere and stadium to be a part of um especially you know after games where he got onto the concourse and Bear Bravo would be putting together the uh, drum circle and all of that. Man, there was there was nothing like RFK. It'll take some time for Audi Field to build up its culture and sort of a mystique, uh, but there there was something to RFK that was that was completely magical, and I feel so fortunate to have been a part of that for several seasons, and I'll always remember that. Yeah, it's a sad way for the stadium to go out. Uh, you know, I think it was Pablo Mar had said that the team was still going to train there this summer or this offseason. So to see, the, you know, the way it's going out, the more soccer games, it's it's unfortunate, you know. It's a good kind of history the stadium has, but um, I'm excited to see what Audi, Audi Field has in store for us. Uh, I think the one last thing I want to say, again, like, Congrats to uh, Segura and Moreno on their green cards. That's a big deal, not only for the team, but for them and their families. So that I think that's really cool. Um, but, yeah. And lastly, shout out to Sarah Colassi, uh, starting, or editor, starting as editor-in-chief of uh, Switch, Switch the Pitch. Uh, she's been uh, a stalwart of the D.C. United community. And I'm really excited to see uh, what she's going to be doing with that project. That's wonderful. Oh, yeah, for sure. We're going to have to get her on uh, on one of the episodes for sure. But, um, yeah, that's going to do it for the podcast. You can uh, f- 
follow me at Juan H Sports. Follow the podcast at District Football, where we've got you covered with news and all that jazz surrounding DC United, Loud United, all things DC soccer. You can also send uh, me questions there that you'd like us to talk about on the podcast. And um, yeah, the podcast is available on uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, and the Google Play Store. So just uh, wherever you can, check it out. Um, what about you guys? You guys uh, up to anything? What, 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 do, what do you want the listeners to know? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on Twitter uh, at DCU underscore soccer. Um, you can kind of find all my stuff there. Uh, I blog sometimes, you know, I'm doing some stuff. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful again to, to be on here. I, I love it every time. Uh, so thank you, Juan. And again, I'd uh, love to be in co-guest with, with Daniel. Daniel, you're great. So uh, you yeah. too, bud. Uh, and, and, and I can be found on Twitter uh, at S Dakota underscore soccer. It's soccer with a whole lot of oh yeah, don't you know? So that's that's what that's all going to be about now. Great, and that's gonna do it for the podcast. Thanks, guys, for being on. Football out. Ooh.